My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in Park Pobeda. In Russian, that means Victory Park. This is a massive park which was constructed in memory of World War II. World War II was such an atrocious event for the people of the Soviet Union. And this park is dedicated to people of all nationalities who fought in World War II. And not just to those who fought, but it's also dedicated to those who perished in the war. And behind me is a special memorial which was built in honor of the Jews who died in World War II. And as you know, millions of Jews were slaughtered in World War II by Nazi forces. They were cremated, they were shot, they were killed. I've been to concentration camps. It is just unthinkable what happened to the Jewish people. But they survived. But the devil didn't come just to harm them. The devil's intention was to liquidate them. When you study John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That word destroy really means to undo, to completely destroy, to liquidate. That's what the devil would like to do to you. He doesn't just want to hurt you. He wants to ruin you. He wants to destroy you, or as this Greek word could be translated, the devil really would like to liquidate you and slurp you up. But you do not have to be a victim. And even if he's already attacking your life, there's a way to push him back across the line. You can survive. The Jews survived World War II, and today they are thriving. You can survive any attack. And in fact, do more than survive. You can flourish and you can thrive. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insight and understanding from the Word of God. Here's Rick. Like I told you in today's introduction, today I'm going to really focus on John 10, verse 10. Now, before we can go to John 10, 10, we're going to review everything we've covered this week in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. But when we get to John 10, 10, you are going to be shocked. There's so much more in that verse than you ever understood. I always thought I understood John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, I thought that's what it meant. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But when I opened my Greek New Testament and began to look at those three words, kill, steal, destroy, I was pretty stunned. I was just almost disarmed by what I saw because there's a lot more in those three words than meets the eye. So stay with me today. You're going to get a revelation from the Bible that is simply going to be amazing to you. But first, I want to remind you that right now I'm offering you my series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. I know you want to keep the devil out of your life. It's a 10-part series which comes with a wonderful study guide. And in the study guide are all the Greek words which I use in my programs. I take you through all the principles and point by point the teaching which we've covered so far. It is just outstanding for your personal life or for you to share with a study group. The back of the binder says, How to Build a Wall of Protection Around Your Life. In this series, we cover what does it mean to be vigilant, how the devil seeks to take you down, what does John 10, 10 really mean? How to construct a wall of defense? What to do if the devil's already gotten in? And how to seal the cracks in your life. This is really a lifesaver. You need this. And with it, we're also offering my little book called 
spiritual weapons to defeat the enemy. Yesterday in the program, I read quite a bit from this little book about the name devil and all the names and all the phrases used throughout the Bible to describe the devil. There are 17 names and phrases used to describe the different activities of the devil and all of them are evil, wicked, foul, vile, just horrible. When you see how the Bible describes the devil in 17 different ways, then you understand why Peter tells us we need to be vigilant about keeping him out of our lives. And that leads us back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. That's where we've been all week. And before we move on to John 10, 10, I want to review the elements that we've already covered this week. So let's go there. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter, again, a seasoned elderly leader, is speaking to the church like the church is his congregation. With a pastoral heart, He's telling the people what they need to know in order to live a victorious life. And Peter knows the devil wants to take them down. So Peter says to them in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now we've already covered the word sober, we've covered the word vigilant, we've covered the word adversary, and we've covered the word devil and devour. Today, for a review, very quickly, we're going to move through all of these words. I want to begin at the end of the verse with the word devour. The word devour, as we've seen, is the Greek word pino. It does not mean to devour as to eat something, but it means to slurp or to drink. When you read the whole verse, Peter says, the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. So there's this mental image of a lion who has victimized an animal. And you kind of mentally see the lion eating the meat of that beast that has been victimized. But that's not what the Greek says. The word devour does not mean to eat the meat. It's the Greek word pina, which means to drink or to slurp, which means the victim has been so totally consumed, there is no meat left. All that is left is juice, just the juices of that dead animal. And now the lion is so committed to consuming and devouring that victim that the lion is hovering over the juices and is slurping up the juices that remain. That is the word Peter uses to describe what the devil would like to do to you, to me, and to those whom we love and know. He wants to victimize, maul, maim, eat, devour, until there's nothing left but the juices of that person, and then he is so totally dedicated to their destruction, to their annihilation, that he wants to slurp up everything that's left until there's nothing left of them whatsoever. That is how vile and sinister the enemy is. And that's why Peter begins at the first of the verse by saying, be sober. That word sober, the Greek word nepho, means think straight, not like a silly drunk. Well, a drunk will let his guard down. And when he lets his guard down, he permits things he would not normally permit. He may say things he wouldn't normally say and do things he wouldn't normally do. A drunk does things that are not sensible. He's not careful. He's not sober. This word sober, the Greek word nepho, also means to be serious. And by using this word, Peter begins by alerting us to the fact 
that we need to be serious-minded. We can't let our guard down. We've got to keep our head on straight. One expositor says you could translate it, think straight, not like a silly drunk. And then he continues to say, be vigilant. The word vigilant, as we've already seen, is a Greek word, Gregorio. If your name is Gregor, Gregory, that's where your name comes from. It comes from this Greek word, Gregorio. And the word Gregorio was primarily used when there was a sinister force on the outside trying to find its way on the inside of your private affairs. Well, if you know there's an enemy out there that wants to harm you, if you know there's an enemy who wants to victimize you, devour you, and slurp you up, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit there and say, oh, don't know what to do. I guess we'll deal with it when the attack takes place. Of course not. That would be totally irresponsible. I use the illustration of the alarm system on your car. Why do you have an alarm system? To protect your car so a thief can't get into your car. Why do you have an alarm system in your house? Is it because you're afraid? No, not necessarily. But you want to be sure that a thief doesn't break into your house and the alarm system will keep him out and it will alert you if he's trying to find his way on the inside. It gives you peace of mind to have an alarm system. It's preventative action. And now Peter uses this word Gregorio, here translated, be vigilant, which means there's an enemy out there who wants to get inside. Therefore, you need to be on high alert. You need to be on guard. You need to be constructing some kind of wall or a barricade to keep that evil force on the outside. And if you'll take preventative action, then you can live life more peacefully because you'll know the enemy is not going to get inside. Then he continues to tell us how the devil gets on the inside. He says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary. This word adversary, the Greek word antidikos, which is the Greek word for a prosecutor in a court of law. A prosecutor who prosecutes a victim. How does he prosecute? He looks for some area where that person has violated the law. Then he uses that violation to charge them with a crime. He finds a loophole, something in their behavior that was wrong. And through that loophole, he begins to work to charge them, to prosecute them, and to take them down and ultimately imprison them. So you could actually translate the verse like this. Be sober, be vigilant. Now listen. Because the devil, like a prosecuting attorney, is searching for some loophole in your life, some place of spiritual violation where you have broken a spiritual law. And like a prosecuting attorney, he will try to use that evidence to legally prosecute you and take you down. Hmm. If you're living right, then he can't take you down. If you've got a wall of defense, if you're living a holy life, a consecrated life, a sanctified life, there's little he can do to take you down. But if you're doing something wrong, if there's a violation, if you've broken a principle, if you've broken the word of God, if you're living in disobedience, then those acts create a gaping hole through which the enemy can enter in to bring his destructive work. You know, years ago here in Moscow, 
first of all, we have a seminary. We train people for the work of the ministry. But years ago, we had two girls who were attending our school. Wonderful girls. They were involved in every area of the ministry. They had come from Siberia to Moscow to attend our seminary. And we just loved these girls. They were involved in every area of the ministry, always smiling, always joyful. But one day, something tragic happened and they were killed. They were going home after seminary one late night. And rather than walk across the bridge, which was legal, they decided that they would save some time. So instead of going across the bridge, which is the way the law required them to cross the railroad tracks, they decided they would crawl through a hole in the fence below the bridge. And they would quickly walk across the railroad tracks themselves rather than on the bridge, which goes over the tracks and provides safety. It would have just taken them seconds more to go across the bridge. But for some reason, they decided to go through a hole in the fence. Those girls went through that hole, not realizing the train was coming. Two sisters. The train came so quickly that the girls tried to move out of the way, but it was too late. The train hit them. And by the time the train had moved beyond, there was nothing left of those girls but fragments. Our team had to go to the railroad tracks to pick up the pieces of those girls. It was tragic. We hated to call their parents and tell them what took place. And people immediately said, wow, how did the devil have so much authority to destroy those girls? Well, as much as I love those girls, the answer is very simple. They violated a law. They jeopardized their lives by going through a hole in the fence rather than taking the footbridge, which would have safely taken them to the other side of the railroad tracks. It was very simple. They violated something very serious, and it resulted in their death. Now, that's a very dramatic illustration. But if you look at your own life, you'll find most of the places where the devil has attacked you, it's been areas of your life where you failed to do something you should have done, where you didn't deal right with a relationship, you didn't handle your money right, you didn't take care of your body, you didn't eat right, you did something wrong, a violation. That's where the prosecuting attorney comes, the devil. Peter tells us so clearly, he is a prosecutor. He looks and looks and looks for some area where you're doing wrong, and then he uses it as a loophole to enter in and attack. So we need to be careful that we don't give him any area to use against us. So I'm going to read this for you again. It could be translated, be sober, be vigilant, because the devil, like a prosecuting attorney, is searching for some loophole in your life, some place of spiritual violation where you have broken a spiritual law. And like a prosecuting attorney, he will try to use that evidence to legally prosecute you and take you down. Now, Peter also calls him a devil. The word devil, the Greek word diabolos, a compound of two Greek words. The word dia carries the idea of penetration. The word balos is from balo, which means I throw, like I throw a ball or I throw a rock or I throw something. But when you compound the two words together, diabolos, it is one that's throwing or one that is assaulting or one that is striking again and again and again with dia, the intention of penetration. So the name devil is not just a name, it describes the devil's mode of operation. 
He strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes and strikes until finally, dear, he penetrates. This tells us that the devil is unrelenting in his activities to attack us and to victimize us. Well, that's true. Then that's why Peter said, you need to be vigilant. You need to put up a wall of defense. Well, nobody knew the devil better than Jesus. So I want us to see what Jesus had to say about the devil in John chapter 10 and verse 10. This very familiar, famous verse which says, and I'm speaking from my notes, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then Jesus concluded by saying, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. We're going to be looking at both parts of this verse. In the first part of the verse, Jesus says the thief. He's talking about the devil. No one knew the devil better than Jesus. Jesus had known the devil since the time the devil was first created. And Jesus knew from the very beginning of time the devil had been a thief. He had always been a thief. Read the story in the Old Testament. The devil wanted the throne of God. He wanted to take it. He wanted the adoration of the angels. He wanted to take God's throne. He even wanted the geographical location of God's throne on the sides of the north. He wanted to take, 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 take. He was always a thief. And Jesus said from the very beginning he was a thief. When we first see the devil working in the Garden of Eden, what is he doing? He's stealing. He wants Adam's position. He wants the garden. He wants Adam's authority. He is a thief. And the word thief that is used is the Greek word kleptes. Maybe you hear another word, kleptes. It's where we get the term for a kleptomaniac. And by using this word kleptes, Jesus says he can't help himself. He's flawed. He's defective. From the very beginning of time, he was always a thief. He's always been a thief. Something in him is bound and determined that he's got to take whatever belongs to someone else. He can't constrain himself. He's just flawed and defective. Jesus says the devil is a kleptomaniac. That's literally what it means. He's always been a thief. He'll always be a thief. That's just his nature. And then Jesus continues to say the thief comes, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When Jesus says steal, it is the Greek word klepto, which is the active form of the word kleptes. You could actually translate it, the kleptomaniac, when he shows up, will begin to behave like a kleptomaniac. He can't restrain himself. He'll steal, 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 just because it is his nature to steal. It's really maybe not even about you. He just wants what you have because that's his nature. He is a kleptomaniac. It is nature to take what belongs to someone else. If you're healthy, he wants your health. If you're married, he wants your marriage. If you've got a good job, he wants your job. If you've got kids, he wants your kids. It doesn't even matter what it is. He just wants whatever is yours because Jesus says he is a kleptomaniac. And the verse literally means, and the thief, this word kleptase, which describes Listen to this, a bandit, a thief, or a scam artist. It is one so artful in the way he steals that his exploits of thievery are nearly undetectable. A pickpocket, and again, it is where we get the word kleptomaniac. So the verse literally means 
the kleptomaniac, when he shows up, will begin to act like a kleptomaniac. He'll begin taking everything very artfully, very seductively, taking whatever you have. Again, he doesn't really care about you. He just wants what belongs to everybody else. And then Jesus continues to say, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill. Well, when I saw that word kill, I always saw slaughter, massacre, bloodshed, murder. But then I looked at it in the Greek. It is the Greek word thuo. Thuo. The word thuo doesn't mean to murder. In fact, the word thuo is a religious word. A religious word. It means to make a religious sacrifice. To make a religious sacrifice. Let me read to you from my notes. It doesn't mean to kill as in murder, but it means to sacrifice, to surrender, to give up something that is precious and dear. It was the same word that would have been used among the Greeks or among the Jews when you sacrificed something to God. And in this word, we find that Jesus teaches us that the devil can disguise himself to sound very religious. First, he comes as a kleptomaniac. And what does he do? He tries to clean us out, take us to the cleaners, wipe us out, literally take everything that we've got. He's a kleptomaniac. He wants to clean us out. If we've got anything left over after his stealing, then he may try to speak to us in religious terms and say, you know what? There's no hope of recovery. Why believe? Just lay it on the altar. Just give it up. Just sacrifice it and walk away from it. There's no way you'll ever be able to restore what you've lost. Just lay it on the altar. He may even disguise his voice to sound as if it is God telling you to lay everything on the altar. And then Jesus goes on to say, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That word destroy is from the Greek word apolumi. The word apolumi is the same root word that is used in Matthew chapter 3, when John the Baptist is speaking of Jesus, and he says of Jesus, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, unloose his shoes. That's the same word, which here is translated destroy. Well, what would have happened if you had unloosed someone's shoes? Their shoes would have become so loose, unraveled, that they would have fallen apart. That is the idea here in this word, which is translated destroy the Greek word apolumi. It describes something that is ruined, something that has become unraveled, something that is undone, devastated, trashed, destroyed, or completely liquidated. Now, when you put all of this together, here's the way I would personally translate the first part of John chapter 10, verse 10. Listen very careful. This is really a revelation. The thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he's finished stealing all your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level by creating conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problems except to sacrifice everything that remains from previous attacks. The goal of this thief is to totally devastate your life. 
If nothing stops him, he'll leave you insolvent, flat broke, cleaned out in every area of your life. You'll end up feeling as if you're finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. Wow. But Jesus said, on the contrary, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundant. That's the will of God. Jesus wants you to have life and have life more abundant. The devil wants to take everything. And that's why you've got to build a wall of defense. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back in the next program. I'll be back in just a moment. Do you feel like you're under attack in your relationships, your finances, your health? The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and made life more abundant. You can have victory in your relationships, your finances, and your health by learning how to keep the devil out of your life. In Rick's 10-part teaching series, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, you'll learn that our lives are under constant assault by the enemy, and he is always looking for a way in. But you can have victory over the devil by learning how to build a spiritual wall of defense around you and those you love. Available in physical and digital formats, starting at just $20. You'll learn how to guard against the attacks of the enemy and fight back when you choose to believe God and commit to His Word. In addition to the teaching series, you can also get Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. This book gives you a fresh understanding of the armor of God, the spiritual weapons of war, and how you can defeat every lie of the devil and live in victory every day. Available for just $10, this powerful resource will give you the tools you need to go on offense against the enemy. Don't miss this special offer, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, and or the companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Today we've been looking at John 10.10, where Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We've covered that. The second part of the verse says, but I'm come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. Listen, that word abundantly is a Greek word which means abundantly, excessively, exceedingly, extraordinary, something that abounds in an extraordinary measure so profuse that it can be likened to a river overflowing and flooding beyond its banks, overflowing, plentiful, or even superabundant. And you can actually translate the end of the verse like this. I came that they might embrace an unrivaled, unequaled, matchless, incomparable, richly loaded, overflowing, maximum life. That's what Jesus came to bring, which is so different from what the enemy comes to do. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he doesn't have to steal, kill, and destroy in your life anymore because you can build a wall of defense to keep him out. And that's why I'm offering you this series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. It's how to build a wall of protection around your life. And we're offering it with my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Order it today, but let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that Jesus came to give us a loaded life, a life that is filled with maximum joy. And we rebuke the work of the enemy to steal, to kill, and destroy. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. 
And Father, we call upon that divine life of God to be released in us. In Jesus' name. Wow, thank you for being with me today. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let God's word release its power in your life today. I'll see you in the next program. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.